Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Friday morning. A very somber Friday morning for myself. I stayed up till 1 o'clock last night. I will talk about that in detail. We've got a good show for you. This is my high school special preview show for the Chattahoochee Valley. We got some big high school games. The big headline in sports last night was Game 5 of the NLDS between the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was a great series. The two best teams in Major League Baseball, they really need to reseed the playoffs. And I'll get into the details of that game because it ended very unusual. And then we also had a Thursday night game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Tom Brady wins 28-22. to I almost guarantee you more people watch that game than baseball. But that series between the Giants and the Dodgers is exactly what baseball needed. And then I'm going to have my NFL picks and I'm going to preview college football this weekend as well. Let's get right into it, shall we? That was an exciting game. I was disappointed. It ended on a horrible call. But I'm going to break this game down because the Giants were in the right position Having Game 5 in San Francisco, their best pitcher, which pitched great, by the way. Logan Webb was on the mound, and he shut down. He did what he was supposed to do as an ace. And the Giants just did not have an answer at the plate. The Dodgers were platooning relievers. Corey Kniebel started. Julio Urias came in and pitched four innings. And I was getting frustrated because the Giants were trying to hit the first pitch in in a ballpark like Oracle Park you're not going to hit it out of the park now Darren Ruff what a home run to tie it at 1-1 the Dodgers won 2-1 because they played small ball now the Dodgers the defending World Series champs the team with the highest payroll in baseball the team that was favored to win the World Series and they have all this talent I expected the Dodgers to win because they are the better team I was excited that the Giants made it this far, and they had such an incredible pennant chase. They had such an incredible pennant race with the Dodgers to deny the Dodgers home field advantage. So if you're a Braves fan, you got to be happy because the Dodgers are getting ready to take on the Atlanta Braves, game one of the NLCS, and the Dodgers pitching staff is in a mess right now. Max Scherzer pitched an inning. You had Walker Buehler pitching on three days rest. If Walker Buehler starts game one, that's another three days rest. Julio Urias pitched yesterday, so he can't pitch in game one. So who are you going to pitch for game one of the NLCS? You're going to pitch Max Scherzer that threw like 12 pitches in the bottom of the ninth inning to pick up the save? I feel that the Atlanta Braves have all the momentum going into this NLCS. I'm going to root for the Braves hard because... 
As you know, I hate the Dodgers. I have an empty feeling in my stomach from this morning. I really could not sleep last night. The same feeling I had when the 49ers lost those two Super Bowls. The same feeling I had when Robert Ory hit that shot against the Kings. The same feeling I had when Richard Sherman tipped that pass in the end zone and Malcolm Brown intercepted it and the Seahawks beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship. When you're taking on your hated rival, you feel sick to your stomach when they lose. But you are excited if they win. This would have been better than the Giants winning World Series if they would have beat the Dodgers. And if Lamont Wade Jr. hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth inning, he would probably have a statue outside of Oracle Park. This was an epic division series that the baseball fans deserve to have. And when I was watching this game and it was in the top of the eighth inning and it was 1-1, I was starting to get that feeling if it goes into extra innings... I know the Giants have the advantage because they are at home. I didn't think that the Dodgers were going to pitch Max Scherzer in the bottom of the ninth. I thought they were going to go with Kenley Jansen for another inning. But man, Blake Treating, Blake Trident and Kenley Jansen, they took it over for Julio Urias and they mowed down the Giants hitters. But I felt that Julio Urias was hittable and the Giants needed to have a strategy but they took their best hitters out of the game. They took their left-handed hitters, Tommy LaStella and Mike Yaskrimski, out of the game. And it was a good strategy by the Dodgers to have relievers start the game. Corey Kniebel pitched the first inning. Blake Gratterall pitched the second inning. And the Giants were getting hits. They needed to get some runs before Urias came into the game. They really needed to shut the door right there. But what a performance by Logan Webb. He is now the new ace for the Giants, kind of like Tim Lincecum, Madison Bumgarner from previous past Giants teams. And Logan Webb was amazing. He did all he could do by pitching seven innings and giving up one run, seven strikeouts. He only walked one batter. The Giants deserve to win this game. But let me tell you something about that bottom of the ninth. In the bottom of the ninth, Brandon Crawford's up against Max Scherzer. He hits a ball to the opposite field and the left fielder catches it. That could have fell in for a base hit. But then Chris Bryant comes up to the plate. He hits a ground ball to Justin Turner, who's guarding the line. And Justin Turner's trying to make a play, and it pops out of his glove. So he reaches on a fielding error by Justin Turner. Now the Giants have a runner at first. And so the winning run comes up to the plate. Lamont Wade Jr., who has been clutch in regular season games in the eighth inning and later, strikes out. Now, he did have a couple foul balls. He was up there swinging, but then that strikeout, he saw it looking. It might have been right on the corner of the zone. Very controversial. I don't know if that was a ball or a strike. We really need to have replay on that type of stuff. But they were down to their last out. Wilmer Flores was up to the plate, and he strikes out on a controversial check swing. I've seen check swings the entire series. I know when you break your wrist. That check swing did not break the wrist at all. And that's how the Dodgers won. It was a great series. It ended terribly. What a terrible call. And I just could not believe it. Turned the TV off. I went to bed. It was about 1230 in the morning. 1 o'clock. I didn't go to bed until about 1 o'clock. I didn't bother listening to the post game or anything. And now... The Los Angeles Dodgers will have to take on the Atlanta Braves for Game 1 of the NLCS at Truett's Park tomorrow at 8 o'clock on TBS. 
I know the Dodgers are the favorites to win the World Series, but from here on out, if they have to take on a seven-game series, that could be a different story because they only have three pitchers. Three pitchers that they are confident with. Clayton Kershaw's injured. He's not going to pitch in the series. And the Braves are trying to avenge their 3-1 deficit that they suffered in the NLCS last year. I remember that series. I, I remember how great Walker Buehler was. He was going up against Max Freed. Max Freed pitched the Dodgers very well in the series last year, and he is going to be your game one starter. The Braves have their first two games at home. They need to win those two games at home because the next three games are going to be in L.A. Get up 2-0 like they did last season. I think the Atlanta Braves have a huge advantage being at home. But remember, the Atlanta Braves were at home before against the Dodgers, and they split 1-1 going back to L.A., and they could not win a game in L.A. That happened a couple of years ago, 2013. These two teams have played in the postseason three times, 2013, 2018, and last year, 2020, in Texas. So I am looking forward to this series. The Braves finally get to have fans at Truett's Park for an NLCS, and I can't wait. And game one of the ALCS will be tonight between the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. This is a rematch of the 2018 ALCS, and the Astros scored the most runs in the major league, and the Boston Red Sox just has some moxie, some swagger about them that every time they get to the postseason, they just go on a run. And I'm not sure who is going to win that series and get to the World Series, but we should have a fun baseball playoffs. Still a little disappointed. It still hasn't it still hasn't registered with me, but I feel that the Giants need to re-sign some of their key players. They're going to be free agents, and let's run it back next year. Next year will be a revenge tour like the 49ers had when they lost to the Chiefs, although that didn't really work out for them. So we had other we had other sports last night besides Game 5 of the NLDS. We did have a football game last night, and Tom Brady were able, was able to hold off the Philadelphia Eagles 28-22 by throwing two touchdown passes. The Eagles were able to come back off Jalen Hurts' two touchdown runs. The Buccaneers had this game in control, up 28-7, and Tom Brady was just too much for the Eagles. He is starting to get hot because Antonio Brown is starting to to become the number one receiver for the Buccaneers. They were without Gronk, so it was a challenge for the Buccaneers, but they're now 5-1 and one on the season, and they will take on the Chicago Bears next week. We had some college football games last night. The University of Memphis was able to beat Navy 35-17 to at the Liberty Bowl, and then South Alabama beat Georgia Southern 41-14. to we had a high school football game last night. Congratulations to Northside for holding off Northgate at Connect Stadium in Columbus, 14-13. And Northside snaps a three-game losing streak. They are 4-3 and three on the season. We'll take on Harris County next week. That is a big rivalry game for the Patriots. So good luck to them. High school football all around the Chattahoochee Valley, starting with the WTVM Game of the Week. You have Carver traveling up I-185 to Callaway Stadium in LaGrange to take on Troop County. The Tigers of Troop County is 6-1 on the season, undefeated in region play, and the Tigers of and the Tigers of Carver are 5-1 on the season, undefeated in region play. So this matchup is going to determine 
who is going to get the division championship more than likely as these two teams have been the two best teams in the region. You have a game tonight at Connect Stadium. Shaw is taking on Hardaway. And this game will be broadcasted on 95.7 ESPN. So glad to see them out calling high school football games once again. Speaking of high school football games, we have a new play-by-play announcer for the St. Ampicelli Vikings, and it is former WTBM anchor Dave Plata. Congratulations to him. I'm so excited. They have a big matchup against Eagles Landing Christian Academy, and then next week they will take on their big rival in Columbus, Brookstone. So I'm starting this show out talking about Georgia high school football as we wrap up the season. A lot of these high school teams are going all the way until the first weekend of November, and then we will have playoffs. That is always going to be fun. And tonight over at A.J. McClung Stadium, we have a big game, Spencer and Kendrick. Spencer is 2-5 and five on the season, and Kendrick is 1-6. and six. And of course, Brookstone getting prepared for their big game against St. Ambicelli has a bye this week. Over on the other side in the state of Alabama, we have a couple of big games, including Smith Station hosting Auburn. You have Central traveling to Dothan. Central's 8-0 on the season. They've already wrapped up their spot in the playoffs. And then in 6A Region 2, Russell County is taking on Eufaula. Russell County comes in at five and three. Eufaula is three. Eufaula is three and five on the season. You got Opelika taking on Valley. Opelika is still undefeated in region play after an amazing win against the Generals of Lee High School. An amazing win against Lee Montgomery last week as they won that game in overtime. So those two teams are the top two teams in region play. Lee actually has a bye. They will take on Valley next week to close out their region schedule. And they are 4-2 and two in region play. Another big game that we got to watch out for in region two is Carver Montgomery taking on Sydney Lanier. As you remember, Sydney Lanier is another surprise team in the region that beat Russell County 45-23 last week at the Crampton Bowl. The Wolverines will host Sydney Lanier at the Crampton Bowl today. As the Wolverines of Carver Montgomery try to sneak into the playoffs, they're 3-2 in region play. So I want to talk a little bit about this Russell County Ufala game. As Russell County did have a disappointing 45-23 loss to Sydney Lanier. They're on a two-game losing streak. They are 5-3 overall and 2-3 and three in region play, but they can make the playoffs if they win their next two games. Two games against teams that are disappointing. They're not the top of the region. Eufaula, Eufaula did lose to Carver Montgomery last Friday night, 20-12. to 12. And they're trying to salvage their season, 3-5 and five on the season, 2-3 and three in region play. You also have Lynette taking on Randolph County today. Lynette is 6-2 overall and 5-0 in region play for 2A Region 4. And the Gators of Glenwood come in at 5-2 right now. They will have a bye this week. And next week, they will host Pike Liberal Arts. So as we wind down this high school football season, still the two 
top teams in 7A for the state of Alabama is Thompson and Hoover. Right there is Central. Can Central run the table and win another state title? They won it in 2018, and they look very good this year. They will close out their season with Oxford next week as they try to go for an undefeated season and get a favorable seating in the playoffs. Smith Station has had a very disappointing season, 1-6, and and they're taking on Auburn, and that's one of those games where Smith Station trying to salvage their season. But the story in the Chattahoochee Valley has been Russell County, 5-3, and They're trying to get their first winning season in a long time. They did not win a single game last year, and they got a big game against Eufaula. So high school football all over the Chattahoochee Valley, I cannot wait for that. College football this weekend, some of the top 25 matches that I'm going to go through. We do have some games, top 25 games tonight. California taking on Oregon, and then we have San Diego State taking on San Jose State. Some of the top 25 matchups in college football includes Kentucky and Georgia. Both teams undefeated at 6-0. Georgia's favored by three touchdowns. And the Georgia Bulldogs have clearly been the best team in college football. Iowa is going to be hosting Purdue. Iowa has a very favorable schedule getting to the Big Ten Championship. Cincinnati has taken on Gus Malzahn in Central Florida. Wonder if that is going to be a tricky game for the Bearcats. And then Alabama taking on Mississippi State in Starkville. Wondering if that's going to be a tricky game for Alabama. Oklahoma is hosting TCU. Lane Kiffin returns to Knoxville as Ole Miss will be taking on Tennessee. Some other ranked matchups you have is Oklahoma State taking on Texas. Texas 4-2, but that game against Oklahoma, they had a 28-7 lead. They should have won that game. This is a game at home and Texas is favored. So I think Texas should win this game. Just previewing some of the local teams here in Georgia. Georgia Tech is on a bye this week after beating Duke last week. And Georgia State is on a bye as well. Mercer, 4-1 on the season. Remember, their only loss was to Alabama. They're going to take on Virginia Military Institution in Macon, Georgia. And Kennesaw State will host North Carolina A&T And that game will be at 5th 3rd Bank Stadium in Kennesaw, Georgia at 5 p.m. on ESPN+. Wrapping up some of your Division II Georgia schools. Valdosta State is on the road taking on West Alabama. Both teams are 5-0. Albany State travels to Benedict. Albany is 4. Albany is 5-1 on the season. Fort Valley State's got a road contest. They're 4-2 on the season. They will take on Morehouse. Savannah State is hosting Clark Atlanta in Savannah, Georgia. That game is actually on ESPN. And LaGrange has a home game against an NCAA Division II opponent. Brevard is taking on LaGrange at Callaway Stadium at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And then finally, West Georgia is taking on West Florida. On the road, West Georgia is 5-1 on the season. Now it's time for my NFL picks. Starting with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Dolphins are favored by three. Interesting note about this week. The Falcons have a bye, and so do the San Francisco 49ers. So I really don't have an investing interest in watching football this week. But I'm going to make my picks anyway. You have the Dolphins and the Jaguars. I think this could be a game where the Jaguars finally get their first victory. But the Dolphins... 
have a very good defense. I think they win. Green Bay taking on Chicago. Aaron Rodgers did state that he would never play for the Chicago Bears. This is one of those games where Green Bay taking on a heated rival. And Justin Fields' first start against the Packers. I don't know if that's going to bold well for him. I think the Packers win here. Cincinnati taking on Detroit. Detroit has been in some games. They've just shot themselves in the foot. And Cincinnati is a very good team. They should have beat the Packers last week. I think the Bengals win on the road. Houston and Indianapolis. Now, Indy is a good team. They should have beat the Ravens on Monday night. They are playing on a short week. Houston also should have beat the New England Patriots. It is at home, and the Colts are favored by 10. So I think the Colts get the victory here because they're just the better team. You got the Rams taking on the Giants. Now, don't be surprised if the Giants cover. Rams are favored by 9.5. But this is at New York, and New York is actually a pretty good team. I see an upset here. I think the Giants can beat the Rams in New York. You got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Washington football team. The Washington football team is a mess. I know this is going to be at home, but the Chiefs at 2-3 and three are the desperate team, and I think the Chiefs get the victory. There's no more defense on the football team. Where is their pass rush? Where is that, that stout defense that led them to the playoffs last year? It doesn't exist. Then you got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers. I think the Vikings win here. They're actually favored. You got the game of the week, in my opinion, the Los Angeles Chargers traveling into the Eastern time zone to take on the Baltimore Ravens, who are playing on a short week, but they're playing at home. You got Lamar Jackson going up against Justin Herbert, and I think the Ravens will win. The Ravens are starting to look like the best team in the AFC. I know that the Chargers had a great come from behind victory over the Cleveland Browns, but I think that the Baltimore Ravens just look great with Lamar Jackson and he's on his way to win another MVP. The Arizona Cardinals, the last undefeated team in the NFL, taking on the Cleveland Browns who are 3-2. and two. They're a lot better than that 3-2 and two record. Those two games they lost, they should have easily won and I think the Browns get the victory here. The Las Vegas Raiders who are in turmoil have a new head coach a lot of distractions taking on the Denver Broncos. Both teams started out 3-0. and What happened? They're now both 3-2. and The Broncos are playing at home, so I think the Broncos get the victory here. The afternoon game of the week on CBS, you know Jim Nance and Tony Romo are going to be calling this game. You have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. The Cowboys look amazing this year, but it is in Foxborough. It is Belichick and that defense. But the Cowboys defense has improved with Micah Parson and Travion Diggs, led by defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. He has made the difference. I think the Cowboys win. I think the Patriots are in trouble. And Belichick is going to have to answer for not having Tom Brady. Because Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to win a big game like this going up against a more experienced veteran quarterback in Dak Prescott. The Sunday night game is the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Geno Smith will make his first start for Seattle. And don't be surprised that Geno Smith looks good. I know people wrote him off in New York, but he was a pretty good quarterback. And I think Geno Smith, he's not Russell Wilson, but he could bring some, he could make some plays. And Seattle could actually surprise people and get the victory here. But I think the Steelers will win anyway. And then the Monday night game, you have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans. Another team, the Buffalo Bills, 
one of the best teams in the AFC. I said all along that I felt the Bills are the best team in the AFC, and now I think the Baltimore Ravens are. But this will be a big test on the road in Nashville. Can the Bills' defense stop Derrick Henry? That is the big question that I would like to know. All right, the NBA season starts next week, and we had NBA preseason last night. The Atlanta Hawks, I normally don't talk NBA preseason, but the Atlanta Hawks, had all their starters in. They had an impressive 127-92 victory over the Miami Heat. And here are some of my predictions for the Atlanta Hawks this season. I think they're going to be an explosive offensive team, putting up 120 points a game. I feel their defense will have stops in patches. They'll be a bend, they'll be a bend, don't break defense. They will make defensive stops when they have to, but they will be giving up a lot of points because they're going to be focused so much on the offense. I know that head coach Nate McMillan is a defensive-minded head coach, so we shall see how it goes. DeAndre Hunter coming back from that injury looks great. I think he is poised to be an all-star and make a difference on this team. John Collins. He's taken a step in the right direction after that contract that he got. I think right now the Atlanta Hawks have three All-Stars. They have one superstar in Trey Young. DeAndre Hunter is an All-Star, and John Collins is an All-Star, or they're going to be All-Stars. They have a lot of depth with Bogdan Bogdanovich, Diano Gallinari. Their rookies are going to play. Their rookies are going to have some. Impressive playing time. I think Sharif Cooper is going to be a good backup to Trey Young. I think that Jalen Johnson could get in there and get some playing time. They're waiting for Ikongru to come back from his injury. They should have him ready for the playoffs. And I think with this whole Kyrie Irving debacle in Brooklyn, I think that's too much of a distraction. I think that the Atlanta Hawks could return to the Eastern Conference Finals to either take on the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't ride off the Atlanta Hawks just because all the other teams in the Eastern Conference like the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls got better. This team is young, they gelled together, and they're only going to get better. And the Atlanta Hawks are going to be back in the thick of things when it comes to the playoffs next year. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be an exciting watch in Atlanta. And Trey Young is going to get people that are casual sports fans in the city of Atlanta to pay attention to the Atlanta Hawks and possibly go to some games this season. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel, and I will talk to you Monday. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by JD Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.